Live, a Vibrant Life podcast. I'm Life Coach Kelly Tibbetts, and each week I'll be here to encourage and equip you with the tools you need to grow in self-awareness and invest your best energy in your dreams and your purpose. I believe self-awareness changes everything. Let's get started. Welcome to Coaching with Kelly. I hope our time together really helps you live a vibrant life, creating health in every season. Today, my guest is Dr. Katie Irvin, who I have met because she's a working genius coach just like me. So Katie, thank you for being here today. Oh, it is my pleasure. I could talk about this for days. I love it so much. Me too. So we can go as long as we need to because we're both so excited to finally have a friend to talk about the working genius with. So tell us a little bit about you and how you found the working genius. Yeah. So I am um, in Kansas City and I started my career in human resources about 22 years ago. My journey led me through human resources to higher ed administration. My doctorate is in adult education and leadership, but my research area is workplace motivation, employee satisfaction. So mm. how do we create an environment where people are happier at work, more loyal and more motivated? And so that's kind of been my journey. And in July, um, you know, higher ed is struggling. And mm. I was at a, I was at a crossroads in life where my dream has always been to start my own company. Mm -hmm. And I've been doing side hustle work and the universe was like, it's now, now's nice. the time. Um, so I jumped. And so now I own Catalyst Development. I have two phenomenal women that work for me. And then how I found Working Genius, I think most of us that are Working Genius facilitators are like, I mean, Patrick Lencioni. <laughs> exactly. <yes>. Anything <laughs> that man says, like absolutely game, because it's like, anytime I say his name, they're like. Oh my goodness. Yes, yes, yes. So what is the working genius? Well, as we said, we love Pat Lencioni and everything he creates, but he discovered this, I think like mid COVID, they were at work and one of his coworkers said, why do you do this? Why do you always have to do this? And his openness and his ability to not be defensive when a coworker asked a question like that led to the development of this tool that you and I think is just incredibly fantastic. So how would you describe working genius when you're inviting people into to learning a little bit more. How do you yeah. share about it? I mean, it, it's truly the, the greatest gift that you can give an individual or an organization. And, mm. and the way I tell it to people is that, you know, it helps us get the right people in the right seats doing the right job. Mm. More importantly, it helps us understand who each other are. Yeah. So we can celebrate, you know, what we're good at, but more importantly, we can understand and give grace mm -hmm. to the things that are our frustrations. So, I mean, it's just, whether we use it individually in coaching or whether we use it organizational wide, it is a game changer and it's yes. so inexpensive. And it's one of those things that doesn't take years and years to figure out. We have both seen the great value of learning and the podcast that he's produced has been fantastic. And then of course you and I got certified as facilitators because we think there's just great value. Before we even begin, I was wondering if you would be willing to share, you said you had two fun stories. I'm really interested in hearing your story about how this process can actually help a group of people order lunch. Because I've been in those groups where by the time the food finally comes, it's like three hours later. So how, how would you talk about that? You've had an experience sharing this idea with some friends? Yeah. So when I do my trainings, I share the story because it is so real life. We did, I first time I did Working Genius, fell in love with it and then became certified and then did it for my family. So we have a family map. Nice. And then my daughter who's 18 is like, can you do it for my friends? Like, I want to understand them better. And mm. so 
the example I give, which is the truth, is you know you you have your friend who's wonder, and that friend you're sitting around, you're hanging out, and people are in like, in that person wonder is like, are you hungry? What sounds you know, what we haven't eaten in a while? What's going on? And then your invention friend pipes up and is like, what sounds good? Let's, mm. let's whiteboard this, you know, come on, everybody. And people are like, I want this. And what about a sub? And what about pizza and spaghetti and da, da, da. And then your discernment person is like, I've heard a lot, a lot of great things there. Let's go Italian. Cause then you can get subs and you can get pizza and you can get pasta and let's do Italian. And your galvanizer is like, oh, there's nothing better than Italian. Let's go everybody. <laughs> and your enablement person steps in and says this is great okay where are we going to go we're going to go here do we need reservations okay there's eight of us so how many cars do we need who's riding with who let's go here's the checklist and then our tenacity person standing at the door going come on yes miss our reservation let's go let's go let's go where it becomes a frustration is when the wonder person as you're walking out of the door goes Anyone think tacos sound good? Yes. (laughs) We can't go back there. So it's a way for us to understand that when we can use this tool in this order and when we pass the wonder stage into the invention stage, into the discernment stage, even if wonder is your sweet spot, not going back there serves your team. Where my big aha moment came, my key genius is enablement. It's not good to start there. (laughs) Okay, everybody, here's some napkins and here's some straws and nobody knows what's for lunch yet, right? That was my struggle. So of these six different ways of doing work, there's two that most people have as a genius, something that's just a sweet spot for us, two that are frustrations and exhaust us and are kind of hard for us to do, and two that we're competent at. What are your two geniuses and what did you notice when you discovered them? Yeah, so my geniuses are discernment and galvanizing. Mm. And it makes me so happy to know that because I could always say, and it always would be like, here's the idea, let's do it. And people Mm. are like, but but how? And, you know, in the latest podcast where Pat and his crew came out and talked about, you know, what we need for our geniuses. Yes. And for discernment, it's, I need you to trust me. Mm -hmm. I need you to lean in and understand that this is a genius and a gift that I have. And so this is why I know. And and my husband says it all the time. Like I can walk into a house with no walls and be like, here we go. This, this, this. he can't see it. Right. Um, And then galvanizing. I I tease people all the time. Like you asked me to get up at 5 a.m. and galvanize a group and hand me a microphone all in hairbrushed makeup on no problem. You asked me to do my frustrations, not a chance, not a chance. And and then we're so much kinder to ourselves when we know this, right? Yeah. There's nothing's gone wrong. And yeah. I think like you said earlier, there's grace for others. So if we just take a moment, kind of walk through them. So I also have a you know co- company where we help people understand why they think, feel, do life this way, try to help them live healthy lives, a vibrant life on so many teams with people who are really good at inventing and really good at discerning. And once they were ready to galvanize, we'd get frustrated by the questions that you say wanderers can't help but ask no matter what stage of work we're in, right? Whether we're at the beginning where their work is so needed or maybe we're getting close to the end. So the wanderer is someone who's, you know, curious. That might be a way for people to start to understand maybe someone who has the genius of wonder and looking out and seeing a need to change and can ask really good questions. That sweet spot is so good at asking questions. This is my sixth 
right? If you were to put them in order, like my frustration of all frustrations, what do you notice about wonder when you look at it in your life? Yeah, you're I, I, same with you. Like wonder is my <laughs> frustration. Don't talk to me about it. When you look at my family team, team map, both my kids, my 18 and 20 year olds and myself are all frustrated by wonder. Mm. Um, my husband, it's his competency. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure we just frustrate the tar out of them. <laughs> Ask you ask questions and we'll be like, no, we're not, we're not living in this space. But as I was building my company and building my team, mm. my chief strategy officer is my chief wonder officer. Like yeah. she, she is wonder and she can see and, and pull us back. And it's so funny because we even, the way we do our team meetings is all on our geniuses. So we, we use the widget once a month. We go through and those and walk through the six, you know, yeah. big ideas. What are we, you know, curious about? What do we need to change? I think what I try to share with people is no one has all six. You're going to have two that you're a genius and two that are frustrating, two that you can be competent in. And actually those competencies can get really exhausting depending on how good we are and how much people lean into us, like you noticed with your husband. But when you can start to have the grace that of course, you can't be a genius at all six. You need to bring other people. In. Like there's very few things in life that one person can do alone forever, right? We need groups of people and this helps us put the right people. So I love that your chief strategist officer, that number one right-hand person is complementary with your strengths and weaknesses. So how about invention? Um, how would you describe it? How does it show up for you? Yeah. And, and, um, so invention is one of my competencies. Mm. Um, and so in my company, I am actually the invention person. And so I use it for curriculum development. We use it for, for things like that. When we're coming up with new workshops, new ideas, new programs, stuff like that. In our house, my 20 year old son is our Mm. invention person, um, which is really fun because he, he's hilarious and he will come up with big ideas. And he's like, what if we fly to Australia this weekend? It's like, you know, no limits Mm. to your inventors. Like they are big dreamers, big thinkers, big ideas. They're not necessarily held back by the, can we do it or can't we? It's like, let's think of everything and then we'll figure it out. We can hold the space for we're not jumping to D yet. We're not jumping to discernment to see if we can do it. Like your son having a space where he can just invent and there's no expectation for anything other than that. That is another one of those areas that if I knew this, I used to lead a team of people and we had somebody who's so strong in this, but because I'm over here in E and in D, I was always trying to move away from I. I was always trying to move away from innovation. And I think people who did really well through COVID are people who are strong in innovation. Okay, it's time to swerve. And I'm so thankful to know this. Like, who do we need to bring to the table? So how about discernment? I think this is a sweet spot for both of us. So what, yeah, how would you yeah. describe it in your life? Yeah, I love discernment. I mean, it is it is my genius. Um, I am the, at Catalyst Development, I'm the start, stop, continue person. I am mm. the yes, no. We're going to keep down this track. It's not working for us. Um, I'm able to take what Emma, who's my chief strategy officer, comes up with and, you know, discern it down to do. Mm-hmm. So I think, you know, Patrick Lynch talks about this, you know, discernment and galvanizing, which we're going to get to. Those are the stages we skip so often. Idea to do. Yes. And when I'm working with organizations, so often they're missing this D and G. And that's an important step because if we can't get people excited about the idea and know it's a good idea, um, it's it's potentially going to fizzle out. So I think discernment is so important. 
And I think one of the best gifts, you know, sharing this with, again, somebody that I had worked with, I think he was very strong in I and G, right? And we often like to put leaders who are I and G in the front because they're innovative and they're galvanizing. But if they are not strong in discernment, they can galvanize things that are not going to be good for us, right? Yeah. And so, again, I'm strong in discernment. However, I didn't even know this is what I was strong in, right? Because when you are strong in discernment, it's just like intuitive. It's in your gut. It's somatic. And you don't always have the words for that. And I came late into the leadership game. I grew up in the fundamentalist church, didn't really believe in my own leadership as a female. So having to do all this work to get to the place where I can just receive that, you know, this is a sweet spot of mine. And I might not have the data for why, but boy, I do know. And so I, the first time I heard Pat Lencino's podcast on the working genius, I brought it back to my team instantly. And I was like, we need to do this. Like I just discerned instantly. This was good. Didn't have any proof. There was no book. There was no evidence of it, but it's just one of those sweet spots. So anything else about, so wonder and invention, you know, that's the first step. We're ideating. Now we're just trying to activate people. We're discerning. Galvanizing, that's a competency of mine. And it seems to be a competency that when people have bought into my leadership, I can galvanize them, but I'm not a natural galvanizer. So how has that shown up in your life? Yeah. Yeah. And it's so funny because I tell people too, you don't have to be this like extreme extrovert to be a galvanizer. Right. Um, cause I have some people that are like, cause I, I am, I'm a galvanizer yes. and people are like, mm, I, that's not me. And I'm like, galvanizing shows up in many different ways. It's where you get people excited and brings energy to an idea, gets them moving towards it. So my chief operating officer galvanizing is also one of her um, geniuses. And so, you know, her job is really to go out into the community and wave our flag and share yeah. our mission and tell what we do. Now, the interesting thing is in our house, both my kids and I, our geniuses are galvanizing. Mm. My husband's frustration is galvanizing. Right. So if you can imagine three super big personalities sitting around a dinner table trying to galvanize my <laughs> husband around ideas. I mean, this is a game changer, whether yeah. it was at, at work or at home, because then we could understand why he wanted to quickly move off. So, And, you know, how many times I think of my own husband, you know, he's a tall white male. People have an expectation that he is going to be galvanizing, but that's not in his genius lane, right? And so for him to be comfortable with that is important. And then for us to be able to say, okay, well, who is that person? I used this to coach somebody whose daughter was running an event. And when she realized what her geniuses were, she realized that was her sixth and found the galvanizer at the event. And she was in the back doing her sweet spot. And that galvanizer was the one like, okay, everybody, we're moving here and moving there. And there was no frustration that day because she wasn't doing the thing that exhausted her that she wasn't competent at. And the person who was gifted it loved Loved the opportunity to do it. Yeah. So yeah. we have the ideas, then we're activating, we're moving people forward. Then we actually have to get it done. This is my sweet spot. Could do this all day, every day. Enablement makes me a great coach. You know, that's why I love being a mom, having people over. I love giving human assistance, right? I think that's the core of what human resources exists for is to use those resources of people. And so my sweet spot, I used to be an executive pastor. I'd have people in my church and I just love to talk to them and try to help them find, hey, where's the sweet spot of your giftedness and a way to use it? I could do that all day, every day. How does enablement show up for you? Yeah, I love that. And I, I think enablement is so important. It's a competency for me. Um, you know, I see where I step in and do it. Mm -hmm. And uh, my chief strategy officer enablement is also hers. And it's also my husband's genius. Mm. 
So I'm surrounded very closely with people where enablement is really important. Um, but a quick fun story around enablement. I was working with a church. Um, I did their working genius. I did their team map, but his team is mostly enablement and tenacity. And I, I know they talk about this in the Working Genius podcast. We see so many volunteers in the enablement space because they're the first to raise their hand and be like, I'll do it. Let's go. Let's go. So the woman, it was actually right before Easter and, and Palm Sunday and everything. And she was in charge of Palm Sunday and she had enablement, but she didn't have galvanizing. Mm-hmm. So she knew what needed to be done, but the thought of getting all the volunteers motivated and excited and to show up and everything had her in a panic. And it was, it was great because one of the other women in the room was like, Oh, I'll galvanize for you. Tell me what you want me to do. I'll galvanize it. And it was just, first of all, you could see just the weight lifted off of her. Mm -hmm. But secondly, she didn't have to do it all herself. She was carrying the burden of thinking, I have to do this all myself. And so understanding that, you know, just because you raise your hand and say, I'll help, doesn't mean you have to carry the load. I think that's one of the best gifts we can give people who are strong in enablement. And as I said, you know, earlier to you, helping people know where in the process your genius should be. There is nothing worse than the years I was leading from enablement as my strength. Walking in, no wonder, why are we doing this? No ideation, is there a different way? Just discerning what needs to be done and who do I need to put in what spot? And if I could have found a way to bring in the strengths of the team that I was on, right, and make sure we had that wonder at the beginning and then discerning the people who were strong in it, but then getting that right galvanizer out. And one thing that, you know, being part of a church team, a nonprofit, a company, if you don't realize who your galvanizers are, (laughs) they might not be the leader, but they are who everyone is following. Right. And so you need to be like self-awareness, huge, right? For every single leader, but the galvanizer to know the weight that that role can hold. And then for the leadership, if you're not strong in it, allowing them to be the one with the messaging, right? That woman who was serving Palm Sunday knew what needed to be done, how many volunteers she needed, but allowing someone else to be the speaker and the one who was bringing people in was such a gift all around. But that takes some humility, you know, and open-mindedness and all the gifts that they probably had. So then once we have the right people doing the right thing, we have the plan for it. Now we actually have to get it done, which is called tenacity. And it's making sure that you get the desired result. Now, one of the funniest things I've discovered in coaching people is when somebody is strong in tenacity and they are a mom of young children, they're actually frustrated all the time because they would like the thing to end that is impossible to end, the laundry, the putting the toys away. So you may have this as a strength and feel frustrated, just an FYI. But what do you notice with tenacity? Wow, that is so, I never thought about that. But yeah, that is a great point for young moms. Um, So tenacity is my number six. It is my biggest Mm. frustration. It is the thing that discovering working genius gave me personally the biggest grace because Mm. I could come up with ideas and tell you it was good, but they would fizzle out. Um, And so just me personally, how I plan my work and my day, just because it's a frustration doesn't mean I don't have to do it. And being a business owner, I have to do it even more than I would want to. So I plan my tenacity work on a Monday morning Uh when theoretically I should have the most energy and excited for the work week because I'm so fortunate to do what I do. Um, And so I lean into my tenacity on Monday. I share it with everyone that I'm doing tenacity work. So they 
understand what's happening. Yeah. Uh, but then more importantly, I will plan an activity that is either discernment or galvanizing right after. So then I get my energy back up. I, my cup gets filled back up. I'm ready to go. Uh, but And I will also say two of the people that I adore most in this world, other than my husband, um, are my tenacity people person. Mm. So um, Jenna, who's on my team at Catalyst, she, we just hired her because we were missing tenacity. It yeah, was yeah. a frustration for both Emma and myself. And so we had a lot of great ideas. We were doing a lot of things. We needed our tenacity person to get it done. And when we actually made the LinkedIn announcement, we actually talked about tenacity and we actually put up our team map because now our team map is complete. It's, right. We're all over. So, so that's a be, and we get so much done. We could not believe how much we had done because we're living in our geniuses. Um, and then my 18 year old daughter is our household tenacity person and she is heaven. I mean, she is the one that's like, here we go. Let's go get it done. Push it, push it, push it. And knowing that that's her role, you know, we always used to tease how sassy she was. She's not mm. sassy. She's tenacity. Yes. Yeah, if tenacity. we can honor that, right? Like, Enablement, I know they went back and forth on that word because in the codependency world, that can be very unhealthy. But if it's done in a healthy way, I don't have to feel guilty that the greatest joy I have is in helping people see what I think they do well and how it fits into the big picture. Tenacity is a competency of mine. And so as long as I have any amount of energy, it's something that I enjoy doing. But it's so good for me to know that it shouldn't be the main thing I do because when it is not your genius, it actually can be quite draining. So if this is the first time you've heard about The Working Genius, I'm going to have um, this handout pinned onto my website. As we are coming to an end, there's three stages. You have an idea, you activate the idea, and you implement it. We have a couple minutes. I just wanted to talk about the energy that I learned about with responsive and disruptive energy. What happens is when you are wondering or you are discerning or you're enabling, you're responding to a need. The wonder is like, I wonder what we could do better. How could we all get lunch today? The discerner is figuring out, yeah, pizza. And the enablement's like, okay, you go in these cars and here's the paper plate if we order in. It's responding to a need. But invention, galvanizing, and tenacity. I think tenacity in particular needs to realize this is a disruptive energy. This is making sure that the things that need to get done get done. That is one of the biggest gifts I've seen is when people who recognize tenacity as their genius realize they need to show up with disruptive energy. Yeah. You have the D? DG. DG. So you have both. You have sometimes when you're responding and sometimes when you're disrupting. H how does that show up for you? Do you notice like one is a little bit easier for you? You both are equally easy responding and disrupting? I, I, I feel like, you know, disrupting is a little easier for me. Again, as an extreme extrovert, you know, kind of coming in and, you know, being, being a force. I have to tell myself a lot of times, like in my head, like not necessary. Voice mm. does not need to be heard. Um, there's other ideas. And so I will at times be working to get people so excited about an idea that I forget sometimes that I'm not the only voice in the room. And so you don't have to be disruptive all the time. You don't always have to be pushing. You got to know when it's the right time to, to do and to push and the right time to sit back and respond. I'm sure you do this too. I'm working with some coaching clients and one is wonder and discernment. And I'm like, I need you to take off your discernment hat and I need you to live in wonder for a little while, hmm. or I need you to live in invention and stop discerning. Cause I think discerning is very powerful because it's our gut. 
Mm-hmm. And those people that have it know, like, yes, no. And it's like, sometimes we need to live in our other genius. I think recognizing that one of the things that came to light was because discernment and enablement are both responsive, that was how I was tending to walk through life, always responding and not realizing this dance, right? We can move into these competencies and move into that energy. And so sometimes we're leaning in and we're being assertive and we are disrupting. And sometimes we're leaning back and leaving space for other voices and responding. And I think that's Another key piece that healthy leaders can recognize is when is it a responsive time and when is it a disruptive time? So we took a lot of information. There's a book, there's a podcast. You and I could talk about this all day. But if somebody wanted to learn a little bit more about you and what you're doing, how could they find you? Yeah. So a couple of different ways. The easiest way is just my website. It's katieirvin.com. We tried to buy Catalyst Development, but it costs $10,000. So we're just going with katieirvin.com. Um, and then I'm extremely active on LinkedIn um, and it's just Dr. Dr. Dot, so Dr. Katie Irvin. Um, so I'm happy to connect and support and answer in any way. I love that. And so I love that you're working with churches. That's a passion of mine as well. So Katie, any last thoughts? If somebody heard us speak today and they're thinking this could really help my team and they're interested in learning how to do a little bit more. What was your first step? Was it the podcast? How did you take that first baby step into learning about the working genius? Yeah, it really was the, it was the podcast and it was before they had the working genius podcast. It right. was just um, at the table and they, you know, started introducing it. And so immediately, you know, like we started with this and anytime they talk about something, I'm like, let's get the book. Let's figure this out. Well, the book didn't exist, but as soon as I took the assessment, I was all in. I've, I've done a lot of behavioral assessments. There's some great stuff out there. Some of the challenge with using some of those is um, it's hard to apply immediately. Mm-hmm. What I love about the working genius is the minute it gets done, it's a quick 10 minute um, assessment tops. You're immediately using the words. You're immediately mm. leaning into it. There, There is no, um, now what? what is my label? What am I? I mean, it's just applicable from the second you get the report. And I've done it for over 600 times with different clients. And I've only had one person come back and go, not me, not me. Um, And I love that they have the qualitative piece in there where you can go back and look. But I said, before you do that, go talk to five people around you, show the report to them. And if they disagree with you, then go do the qualitative piece. But if Mm. they agree, I want you to lean into that a little bit. And they immediately came back and said, okay, you're right. Oh my goodness. That's so exciting. So that's what we offer you is we think this is a really great tool to help you live a vibrant life, to understand yourself, have grace for others, develop the teams at home and at work that can really serve you. Katie Irvin, thank you for being here. It was such a great gift to get to talk about the working genius with you. I hope we get to do it again soon. Thank you for joining the Live a Vibrant Life podcast. I hope our time together encouraged you and will equip you with the tools you need to move into the vibrant life you desire. I'm here to help you live a brave, creative, purpose-filled life. And if you'd like to learn more, you can follow me on Instagram or Facebook, Kelly Tibbetts Life Coach, or visit my website, kellytibbetts.com. I look forward to connecting again soon.